This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Good morning with Jamie Linton, Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Coming to you this morning from the First United Bank studio in downtown Lubbock. Your uh, your phone go off okay yesterday with the uh, the old national emergency test everything coming through crystal clear or did you did you have it on silent it did go off it did go off okay. I had it on silent but it's still <clears throat> two minutes early they told us one twenty and it went off at one eighteen so I I don't know what was up with that somebody somebody got anxious that guy there the FEMA there in D C <clears throat> was like hey, I, can't, I can't I just can't wait any longer. Boom. Everybody's phone went off across America. Mm. Okay. They said the test was extremely successful. That's good. Extremely successful. I knew that you would you would want to get the uh, get the report on that. Right? <laughs> I knew I knew that. I knew Is that what you is that the go to saying after you look at me and I don't seem interested? Mm. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> kind of. Well, I, I know. I, 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 I knew that in advance, but I, I just wanted to go ahead and confirm it that okay. that the uh, that the interest level wouldn't be that uh, be that high. I'm glad our country's safe. I'll say that. Yeah, sure, right. That's, that's what we something lo- that's um, there for our protection and the health and safety of all of our America. Fine Americans. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it's. I would have I would have loved somebody just to come over the speaker and said <clears throat> testing 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 one two three one two three one two three can you hear me now can you hear me now you would have loved that yeah I think that would have been, been pretty cool as opposed to some lame tone you know it's like okay we know the tone works but can somebody actually speak to us this is just a test we're ready to push the button you know kind of like Ronald Reagan did you know back in the day okay you know and kind of set off a little bit of a crisis across you know greater russia thinking that <clears throat> rockets were heading their way but greater russia <laughs> did not did not uh, did not take place did uh, you run into the hail at all yesterday i did not it was uh i mean it kind of when yesterday evening at about about 5:35 i was on the the sharpabon they had released the troops here about 10 minutes early. So I don't know if that helped or not for those that were traveling back to Southwest Lubbock. But I was on the Sherpa Bond uh, right about the stadium and I kind of felt some raindrops and then boom, started hailing. And then the idiots in front of me like were stopping or trying to stop in the middle of the Sharp underneath the bridges so that their cars wouldn't get hailed on, which, you know, I've been advised if it's hailing, just keep driving, drive, drive your way out of it. But man... It was pounding rain, and then people were stopping on the side of the road. On the on the side of the road, or even in the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mean, was, I don't think they're idiots if they're doing it on the side of the road. You can't stop in the middle of the road. But I mean, but they were like swerving all over the place, and it was it was it was craziness. It was just it was like I'm oh. surprised that you haven't been taught that you could just you know dodge them, Chuck. Right. I mean. Because Lubbock gets hail pretty often, right? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, so you suggested the people of Miami, since they get lightning a lot, sure. they should be able to dodge right. lightning. Right, dodge, so dodge the, the hail. So in Lubbock should yeah. be able to dodge hail, like, right, with their yeah. cars? Yeah. Yeah. That's but what you I was able to? I, 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 I outran it. <laughs> Kept driving. That's what you're supposed to do. Keep driving. Just drive your way out of it. And I drove my way out of it. Well, I'll tell you what, if, if I thought it was bad and I thought there was a an overhang to get under that's where i would go well the problem was is that like i said the problem was that people would look like they were going to attempt to stop in the middle of the lane i was trying to avoid being hit from behind or hit somebody from behind and it was just yeah you can't stop in the middle of the road it was just a little it was just it was just a little chaos there underneath the overpasses i mean there were there were some that were i mean i get trying to protect your car i understand that but goodness gracious you got to be safe about it so that you don't kill people on the way to doing that um, Rangers yesterday, this was, this was right after the game. Uh, Jared Sandler down on the field, uh, interviewed one of the stars of the game and one of the stars of the game from a hitting standpoint was Josh Young. Uh, Josh went three for four, scored two runs, had an RBI. So the only, the only time that he didn't get on base was he struck out once, but I mean, you, you can imagine how that interview went because you probably had many conversations with him after a ball game, but he, it was just like he had just won a nondescript, you know, Saturday afternoon, little league baseball game. And, uh, he was very even keeled and, you know, it was all about the team and we played well together and all those, all those kinds of things. There was barely any excitement in his voice. No, never too high, never too low. Right. Right. And then they, apparently in addition to like, beer and champagne after these big wins and i i I didn't get the total context although i kind of understood it um but sandler was talking about uh i guess the team gets ice cream or some of the guys get ice cream after big wins and he asked josh uh what kind of ice cream he was going to have tonight do you want to take a guess what he said vanilla vanilla right Mm. vanilla so it was but it was i mean it was it was vintage on script josh young kind of exactly what we're what we're used to it was just like it's good. Just like it was just like you to talking to him. Just like just like you talking to him down there on the field after going to you know, winning a big series to go to Omaha or something like that. Now if only I could hit or throw or field like him. <laughs> well sure, right. <laughs> right. Right. Um so um other other the other big hitting star yesterday, and he's was a hitting star for the series, was Evan Carter, the left fielder. Uh he goes uh, one for two, has a home run. Strikes out once, um, has two RBI, uh, scores a run obviously with the home run, but man, he 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 was a hitting star all the way through um, this the this series. He was he was fantastic. Yeah, he's been a really a jolt of energy in that Rangers lineup late in the season, mm-hmm. and um, he really brought it in the postseason as well. So he he swung the bat well in these first two games. Now he's he's. He's been, I mean, he's 21 years old, mm-hmm. 21 years old. And, uh, Ben, don't wake him up because he is, he is seeing the ball and hitting the ball. Yeah. I think there's a benefit to the fact that many teams haven't seen him as, mm-hmm. as much of a scouting report on him at this point. So, so yeah. And you kind of look at, um, and, and then you look at the rest of the lineup and they're getting, they're getting healthy. Um, you know, Nathan Navaldi was a guy that was on the shelf, you know, in the summer, and there's a report yesterday uh, after the game. Uh, Max Scherzer was there in, in Petersburg, and he threw a bullpen and said he had no pain throwing. 
So whether he's going to be available for the division series or if they would wait and hold him back until the championship series. But, Jamie, it looks like, you know, if you can advance out of the division series, you're going to have Max Scherzer uh, available to you. Yeah, that's a big if. It's a big if. Right? No, it is. But maybe. It's a big, it's a big, it's a big if. It's but funny. He would, he would be a nice addition. It's funny. Yesterday, at various times when I was turning tuning into the game, there were, there was a time when I tuned in and the Rangers, boom, immediately got out of the inning. It was like, oh, rally killer. And then there was a time where I, I turned t- tuned into the ball game right as Evan Carter was getting, and Eric Nadro, there's a laser, and it was a home run. I'm like, oh man, I'm feeling pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then and then towards the end of the game in the seventh, you know they were, you know, Evaldi was on his longest. Um, outing uh in for the year and so i was kind of just sitting in the parking lot going well, let's let's see if they can get out of the inning here and then, then it just kind of gets extended and then there's a base hit and then there's a run scored i'm like okay there's two outs and they bring in another guy i'm like okay i'm i'm gonna change the mojo i got out of my car and i got into my came into the station just a few steps boom they'd already got the third out it's good so i feel like i that i feel like i got all the mojo just just about right yesterday yeah they probably should send you a ring <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't know about that. And then uh, Matt Hicks gave us another kind of baseball term yesterday, a Baltimore chop. Mm-hmm. It's a high chopper. Yeah, Baltimore chop. Yeah. And it scored a run. Okay. Okay. It was a Baltimore chop. Mm-hmm. So we had, you know, swinging from the boondocks and Uncle Charlie and Baltimore chop. You know, this guy's hurt. And they got their A game going, Jamie. <laughs> They got their A game. Well, got championship. Lucky for them, the Rangers that had it going too. Championship form, right? We'll have uh, Red Raider football with Joey McGuire tonight at six. You'll hear it right here on Double T ninety seven three. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Great to have you with us today on the Morning Drive. On Double T 97.3. I saw this last night, and, you know, I I think it's pretty well documented that um, I'm not a big NBA guy. I'm a more, I'm a college basketball guy, but I love the Olympics. And I love the fact that um, the NBA guys are kind of all coming together here and wanting to play in the Olympics, um, which will be in 2024. Uh, apparently, uh, LeBron James has called up some of the fellas and uh, recruited him to join him on the national team. Um, the The U.S. team did not have a great finish at the FIBA World Cup. They were terrible. They finished fourth. Um, <clears throat> and this is not necessarily where this is coming from. It's more of LeBron's desire to, to play. But he's reached out to Anthony Davis, Steph Curry, who's never played in the Olympics, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, who, if they win a gold medal, would become the first men's basketball player to win four gold medals. That's impressive. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Jalen Brown, uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, among those. And um, so anyway, um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, as far as Steph Curry, he says, I want to be playing. It's the one thing I haven't done. I definitely want to be there. I definitely want to be on the team. Again. Um, I hope that all comes to fruition and it, and kind of, did you know, LeBron guarantee all those guys a spot or did they have to actually have to try out and let the coaches decide who makes the team? 
<laughs> I think he's going to coach too, Jamie. He's going to put on a suit, and then when meanwhile the Team USA coaches yeah. are like, "Hey, Bron, could you chat with us before we?" Yeah, <laughs> guarantee. I've, I mean, those are all great players. I get it. Sure, but but, but there's be some co- are greater than others. Yeah, yeah, and and some of them are on the way backside of their career now too. Yeah, and mm-hmm. we've also seen that. Sometimes when you just load that team with superstars, you don't have any glue guys. You don't have any sure anybody that just kind of makes it work. Mm-hmm. You know your yeah. rebounders, your yeah. you know, your your ball handlers, your distributors, and all that kind of stuff. Your sure no your lockdown defenders, whatever. No, you're right. You got to so have you, you, you got to have, have a grinder. Yeah, you got to have some of that. Do you trust Kawhi and Kevin Durant to stay healthy? Well, and that's a, that's another question too. Since, um, yeah, they haven't been in like a decade. It feels like. Okay, and and then and then there's Joel Embiid who's trying to decide if he wants to play for Cameroon, France, or the United States. I mean, come on, play for your home country. I mean, I guess. I mean, I I don't know. Wouldn't that be France? Uh, I think so. I think so. Kansas is his home country. No. Um, I think we're uh, we're all kind of missing the joke here, and that oh look, it's LeBron trying to build another super team oh, to yeah, play right, on again. Right, right. right. Uh, Trey Young has also expressed uh, that he wants to play. He was snubbed when he Phil snubbed when he didn't make the World Cup team. Hey Trey, if you can't make the World Cup team that finished fourth, it's going to really be really hard to make this team. Okay. Right. I would guess so, especially, yeah. I mean, unless he got a phone call from LeBron with the golden ticket. <laughs> the golden ticket. It's not, it's not Willy Wonka. You know? <laughs> Maybe he thinks he is. I don't know which guy's going to get caught and be like, but, but I got a phone call from LeBron. Right. I got a text right here. It says, hey, do you want to play? Hey, do you want to yeah. play on the Olympic team? Yeah. I, I didn't know I had to earn this spot. Right. But LeBron said I could. <laughs> LeBron said I could. LeBron Does said LeBron I belong on this team? Yes. Still? Yes. Yes. Um, does Bronny get a t- golden ticket? He, you know what? I saw a deal the other day that he, his his heart issue from the summer, which, I mean, thank God for the USC medical staff. that they Unfortunately, they'd had experience with a previous player not that long ago, not, that pre, not very much time in between that one and, and Bronny that saved his life. But he had a congenital heart condition. They did not say what the condition was, but apparently he's had surgery. He's going to class at SC and plans to play. Yep. So it's good, great news. Good, good for him. Yeah, good for him. Um, Steve Kerr is the current Olympic men's basketball coach. So mm-hmm. it's uh, that's you know, maybe a possibility there for him to kind of put that team together. But Steve Kerr, I think he's a pretty level-headed guy, some of that stuff. He he might tell all those guys, hey, <clears throat> I know you got a call from LeBron, but we're going to select the team based on who we think is going to be the best <laughs> to, to get us there. Okay? Mm. Right? Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. Hey, uh, I was going to ask you this, too. Of the Big 12 games this weekend, and we'll probably get into more of this tomorrow or maybe even throughout the day today, which of the games are you the most interested in? So you've got Kansas State and Oklahoma State tomorrow night in Stillwater. K-State's a 12-point favorite. you got the Red River rivalry, Red River shootout. They don't want to call it that anymore, but it's a Red River shootout, Oklahoma and Texas. 
and then you got Central Florida and Kansas playing in Lawrence. I think Central Florida wins that game. Uh, Tech and Baylor, TCU and Iowa State. So aside from the Tech-Baylor game, which game has the most interest to you? Yeah, I think there's some good ones this week. I think I think um, I like the matchups better than I did last week. I, I like Kansas State and Oklahoma State, but I mm-hmm. think I'll, I think Kansas State wins that one pretty mm-hmm. easily. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess just because I want them both to lose and it disgusts me that I think that we're going to end up with Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game, I, I probably – I won't pay as much attention to that one and the Texas and Oklahoma one. Um, probably, I think the Kansas-UCF matchup is a really good one. Okay. And I think that one could go either way. Okay. Uh, K-State, or KU's a, excuse me, one-and-a-half-point favorite. That's a 3 o'clock kick there in Lawrence. Um, I think, I don't think, I'll be rooting for Oklahoma to beat Texas. I mean, I'm, I'm ready for a meteorite to come down and smash. Sure, the right, right. No, I, I get you. I get. I don't you. want anybody there. I don't want anybody hurt. Okay, just they can't play the game. Okay, so they both have to. They get a tie. So get it. You, know, so you want you want the stadium just to kind of implode before yeah, they get like right the before field. the game, before like before they let anybody there, in. Usher security. Yeah. Again, I don't want anybody hurt. I just don't want the gameplay. Yeah, but that would be so Texas of them, wouldn't it, to lose that game? Why would that be Texas of them? Well, because they've got people probably, you know. I mean, Oklahoma is a good football team. Riding the way, but it just seems like Oklahoma. It just seems like Oklahoma kind of has, has a tendency to ruin Texas's party. Okay. Um, yeah, I expect Texas to win. I don't think Oklahoma's really been challenged all that much so far. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Had a little bit of, I got a little bit of both. Kind of swing from both sides there. I've been accused of being cynical over the years. What yeah. are you being cynical about here? The, I, I don't if, know. The I officiating? Just, no, 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 no. This no. was the, going the back game. to the uh, going, the three interse- everybody throwing in an interception and then Chuck reading off the stats. It's just the just the stats, you know. Maybe it was the tone of my voice that just they didn't like. It's it's all good, you know. It's mm-hmm. just, but yeah, no. I've been I've been accused of being sarcastic. I've been accused of being arrogant. I've been accused of being a snob. I've been accused. And and for the most part, there's probably times where guilty is charged. Um, I think it was more that you kicked a man when he was down. <laughs> we knew it was bad. You didn't have to tell us it was that bad. I know. I think two that's two quarterbacks, from. half their passes went to the other team. That's right, right. I didn't need to be reminded. We knew it was bad. They only bad. threw two, though. <laughs> they only threw two. So, okay, so let me give you some sunshine pumper stats, okay? How about this for the, for the Red Raider? And there's got to be something to this, Okay. And and we know that they that they they saw a flaw in the TCU punting game that that they basically they knew that they were going to get a punt. They felt like very good that if TCU didn't adjust, not TCU, U of H, Houston. 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 I don't know why I said TCU, Houston. If Houston didn't adjust to them, that they were going to get a block punt. But Texas Tech has blocked six punts in eighteen games under a Joy McGuire coach team. That's, I mean, Kenny Perry is the special teams coach. Six in 18 games. That seems high to me. Well, that's surprising. I wouldn't have guessed that. That it would be that high? Yeah. No, I wouldn't have guessed there were. Yeah. I can't remember six. Um, I, I may. 
I mean, if this we went one, back and looked at it, we'd find them. But I mean, but you're right. I mean, they don't I wonder if these were balls that somebody got a hand on, but they weren't like fully blocked. No, but that like, counts. That counts. Well, no, we're, right. Yeah. I, but I mean, tip. I, if you those tip wouldn't it, have. Like, if I'd ever, if I, if I'd gotten into a game in college and I tipped a, a punt, you guys would sure know about it. But there's no doubt. There's <laughs> to no this doubt. day. Um, yeah. that, 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 I'm not talking like it shouldn't count, but like, right. there's a difference between getting a, a block block. like that goes got, backwards. Right. Yeah. And then you got a hand Can, on it, which adjusted the flight of the ball, but it still went Can you guys yards. tell me of the five that we had last year? Mm-mm. I, I, I can't. I'd have, to, I'd, have to, I'd have to go to the media guide and look at the summary, stuff like that. Anyway, the other thing, the other note here, Texas Tech has allowed just 10 second-half points the past three games. Talk about the defense and what they've done in the second half, the adjustments that they've made. Red Raiders shut out Houston over the final 30 minutes, which was the first time that they had done that against a Big 12 team since Oklahoma State in 2018. Good. Okay. So Houston, West Virginia, and Tarleton. Tarleton are the three games that you've shut them out in the second half. Well, no, not shut them out. Given up just ten seven, points. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't it have been nice if we could have done that just one more? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, who's being cynical now, right? Well, no, no, I mean, it is. I mean, it's factual. You haven't played a murderer's row of offenses sure. the last three weeks. Sure. Sure. But, I mean, it's still good to see your defense uh, you know, a lot of times defenses wear down in the second half, and clearly that's not what's going on with with our unit. All right, so let me let me give you this. Um, let me give you this these two numbers, and you tell me which one if 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 the one number overcomes the other number in terms of you look at this and go, oh wow, or a number of concern. Okay, so far Baylor this year has given up on rushing. On average, 184 yards per ball game. Okay, pretty big number. That's a big number. The Red Raiders have given up 148th. 148th or 148? 148. 148th. <laughs> okay. 148. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, um, I'm not going to wow either one of them. Um, I think that bodes well for the Red Raiders on Saturday. Yeah, um, I mean the fact that you want to run the football. Yeah, so you feel you, you feel good about that. Um, and then with regard to passing, Baylor's only given up 211 yards per game. Meanwhile, the Red Raiders have given up 229 yards per game. Don't seem like big numbers, right? No. Seem like numbers that you should be able to to handle. And then how about this? You know, we go back to special teams. We talked about the block punts. How about this? Texas Tech in punt returns is first in the Big 12 at 16 yards per punt average. That's good. Okay. Mm-hmm. 13th in the FBS. Baylor is... Wes Walker laughs at those numbers. Okay. Uh, Baylor is 10th with an average of 7.25. And then in kickoff returns, and some of this gets kind of puffed up, obviously, because of the... 100-yard return by Dre McRae, okay? But still, it is what it is. You're averaging about 29 yards per per gain off kickoff returns. That's first in the Big 12. Baylor, just under 20 yards per gain off kickoff. So I guess my point there is is that your, your return game, both punt and kick, 
can put your offense into a good spot from a field position standpoint. You like the field. think so? Shorten the field. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Somebody says this. Uh, the issue is Baylor running all over your defense. Yeah, they did last year. They, their offensive line yeah. just dominated. Yeah. Uh, we get this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. I was a football game official for 39 years with an eight-man crew. There is no excuse for getting the rule wrong. Crew members help by making crew call. Sounds like this crew was kin folks to the football supervisor of officials, etc. Ooh. <laughs> It's kind of a damning comment there. Goodness. All right, so if I if I had to ask you going into this game and then think about going into the Baylor game last year, do you feel better or worse than you did a year ago? Or worse. do you feel about the same? Worse. Last year you were riding that huge home win streak. You had everything kind of looking like it was going your way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were at the stage where Joey McGuire had committed no wrongs ever in the history of the world, um, and you're you're kind of high on life, and then landed like a thud. And I don't have that. Like I'm more thud now on, on this year's team than I was high on that year's team. It definitely felt like you were at a good part part of the season where you were playing well, coming off a win, and all that good stuff last mm-hmm. year. And this year, you're just clawing and fighting your way to get back to 500. So I think I would definitely have to say you were feeling better. And plus, you were playing at home last year. Sure, sure. So probably felt better about your odds last year than it did this year. Sure. Yeah, in uh, last year in Game 4, you'd beat Texas. Game 5, you had lost to K-State um, at home, excuse me, on the road in Manhattan. And then had come back and uh, lost in Game 6 to Oklahoma State. Uh, on the road at Boone Pickens. Then you beat West Virginia here in Lubbock, and then you played Baylor. So Yeah, badly beat West Virginia. Badly. Yeah, 48, 48 to 10. 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, held them to just seven points in the second half. But we know that was a bad. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think I think you felt pretty good going into that Baylor game. I would agree. Uh, and I think you kind of feel – you feel hesitant, maybe, about getting too high about this game. I think maybe hopeful is a word, but I think there's there's kind of some unanswered questions at quarterback. You need your quarterback to kind of stack success a little bit back to back, and uh, and then also see if you can keep running the football with success and give it to Taj, give it to Cameron Valdez, see if Nehemiah Martinez can get involved. What's your status for uh, Mason Tharp? Maybe we'll find that out tonight. Red Raider football with Joey McGuire. That's at six. Jamie's question of the day is next. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. All right, I'm coming from left field today. Left field? I'm not. This is not a very time sensitive one. Okay. Okay. So it is going to involve Big 12 football. All right. But I want you to look at the four upcoming new teams, not the four that are in this year. Okay. But we've talked about this before, but I want to see if it's changed for you. Mm-hmm. Which team in, in football are you the most excited to play and which one are you the? do you think will end up being the school that you dislike the most? 
Oh, I I, th- I think the school I'm going to dislike the most is BYU. Okay. Okay. Just, just because of how they want to dictate things, you know, it just that it just really ruffles my feathers. The no playing on Sunday thing, and I don't know. Just I just I don't feel like we should. I respect what they want to do with all that kind of stuff, but on the other hand, I don't think that we should be inconvenienced as a as a as as a matter of that. Okay. Okay. So I, I'm I'm just I'm, I continue to be irritated by that. But let me say two things here. Um, first, um, I I'm totally over the whole BYU dictating things. I I don't mind how they're going to change the okay. baseball schedule. I don't I don't think it's going to affect things all that much. It will. I know it will at some point, but I don't think it's all going to affect that much. And uh, number two, I was asking about the four incoming new, not the four current. Oh, oh, the incoming new, the Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. Yes. Okay. I think we're going to dislike Utah the most just because that they've kind of got a kind of, they've kind of lapped everybody in that kind of coming into the big 12. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I have always liked, and I, and you're going to think this is just stupid as hell. You feel like they've lapped everybody in the Big 12? The, of the newcomers, of the four new ones coming in. Well, I mean, Dion's, Dion's, he's running a close second maybe. But I feel like just in terms of their, their how they kind of snubbed the Big 12. And, okay. I mean, just I, I, think, I think as those quotes will recirculate, people will be like, well, screw you, man. Right? And, but I, I think there's the, you know, Dion's getting a little humbled right now. But it, I'll, I, I'll tell you my now dislike of Houston, going back to your original comment, mm-hmm. has made me root for BYU more. Okay. Because I know those two don't like each other. Well, and so I've, I've all of a sudden started pulling for BYU even more. I, I already liked BYU. I, there's just. I know too many BYU fans in the city, and I think they're all great people. So okay. I'm, I find myself totally maybe I'll, pulling Maybe for I'll change team. my mind after I go to Provo this year with uh, women's hoops. You know, maybe I'll get up there and there'll be people will be, you know, buying us beers and hot dogs and popcorn and Coca-Colas and, you know, pizza slices and, you know, giving up their seat at the restaurant. All Nothing like buying a friendship. <laughs> What? Hey, I can be bought. Right? The, it doesn't take much. Extending the right hand of fellowship, right? Not just okay, being polite so, or nice people, but yeah. they got to buy me something. <laughs> no. See if they buy me something. Anyway. Real number one. Hey, I'm cheap. Isn't that be expensive? So, so um, of the four new ones, the one that I've always, and this is so stupid, I hate even admitting it. Even as a kid, I always liked the Sun Devil logo and their colors, okay? So... I like the logo. I hate their colors. Um, yeah, I just, no. I just always, always, I always liked how I always liked them. So I'm, I'm looking forward to them the most. Okay. okay? Uh, I'm gonna reverse your questions here. Uh, by default, it's Arizona that I'm most looking forward to to getting a, a series back with Arizona State Athletic Director Utah and Colorado. I've had big issues with Colorado since they left the Big Twelve. Um, and that hasn't gone away. So it's, it's kind of like one team I'm welcoming into the big 12 and the other three, I'm already tired of hearing about. Mm -hmm. That's, that's really where I'm at with the other three for off the field stuff and Colorado brings some on field stuff too. I don't feel like you ever got a good game in Colorado, like for your team. 
Yeah, you never played well against the Buffs. It felt like you ever underachieved a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Jeff. I, I'm I'm excited about the the rivalry with Arizona. I, I don't I don't really know why. I just think they're a good program. I've never had any you know strong dislike for them. So, and I, I'm I sure that's going to be fun in basketball and baseball <laughs> as well as football. But Arizona is definitely the one, and I don't. There's no question who I just the hype is going to drive me nuts. The Dion week. It won't be the Tech Colorado week. It'll be Dion week. It'll drive me nuts. Maybe he'll be in the NFL by then. It'll drive me nuts. Yeah. So just remember that, Chuck. The Dion week will drive you nuts. Just remember when we're playing Colorado, could be next year. Mm-hmm. Let's talk Tech in Colorado. Okay. Not Dion. Okay. We don't have to worry about. Um, we won't have to worry about um, Colorado in baseball, though, right? Unless they decide to start playing it. Yes, correct. Okay. Which is disappointing. Because they could play at Coors Field. <laughs> right. That could be an... They're close enough. They could they sure. could make a contract and have that happen. Mm-hmm. It'd be empty, but it'd be cool. Syntex uh, Hank offers this observation. Since they yeah. don't drink alcohol, caffeine, etc., I doubt if BYU fans will buy Chuck any of those things. Uh, this, it's all about Chuck. Uh, this, Chuck struggles to answer... Every question. Every question? Um, I sometimes overthink it. Uh, In fairness it... to All About Chuck, um, the question was asked to Chuck, <laughs> who you don't want to face and who you do. It When I answered, it was all about me, and when Jamie answered, it was all about him. Well, no, that's not true. I mean, you and I answered about how it affects Texas Tech, like a rivalry with Arizona or whatever. <clears throat> I guess my second answer was about me. Because I just don't get tired of hearing about Dion. Okay, yeah. let it be about the football teams, mm-hmm. not about the head coach. Sure. So, but Chuck's first answer was about who was going to buy me something. <laughs> That's what's what what's yeah. the hospitality and, room look like. <laughs> <laughs> now, struggling to answer the question, Arkansas. That's that's all I yeah. need to say. Yeah. Yeah. I'll never get over that. Oh, uh, let's see. Neither will we. It was so awesome. Does anybody like Houston? It seems like they are your best friend's annoying little brother. Nobody cares for them. Yeah, I just don't even care for them. Best friend? They're your know. girlfriend's little brother that you've got to babysit to hang out with your girlfriend. That's who U of H is. Yeah. Uh, Did you ever have a annoying little brother of your best friend that you couldn't stand? No. I'd, I never had that either. I didn't. Um my brother's I mean, my youngest brother was the he was the cool one of the three of us you know most athletic the best looking his kids were, his friends were all they were all good they're all friend fun so mm-hmm. i got i got no issues there i know she's there the morning drive podcast from double t 97.3 is presented by cantex roofing and construction <clears throat> good morning with jamie linton jeff mcguire i'm chuck hines so uh, coach mcguire was talking the other day jamie and um he talked about the approach to road games, talked about staying in their routine, staying, you know, kind of like they do with the home games in terms of how they, you know, go to meetings and practice and walkthroughs and stuff like that. He said, uh, in addition to saying, got to challenge our guys to, to play outside of their comfort zone, he basically said, it's time for us to play well on the road. And, you know, it's something he said to the team, you know, last Friday, before they went to the movies or after they went to the movies, don't know the exact timeline, but he said, it's time for us to play like the team that we expected to be. 
So, and, and we expect to be, and we expect to be, you know, yeah. Um, AKA not just who we thought we were going to be before, but who we think we can be now. He, uh, he also said that he was, and this was Monday. Okay. So this is coming off of the weekend. He said, um, well, he's extremely frustrated, enjoyed the win, took a deep breath. Felt like the second half was one of their best games. And then went on to say, time to play well on the road. Now, with regard to Baron Morton, a couple things that kind of stood out to me that I thought were interesting. He said this week, and maybe he'll um, talk about this a little bit tonight in terms of how much he's practiced. He said he would throw on Wednesday and Friday, and of course he'll throw on Saturday. He said he'll get better as he feels better. Um, he said that he had talked with him about his feet, had challenged him. He said he was, he's much better, uh, when he sets his feet, when he throws, that probably goes without saying, and he expected him to throw and practice this week. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was, that was on Monday. So we'll see how the, how the week is going with regard to Baylor's quarterback, Blake Chapin. Um, he called him the heartbeat of that team, the heartbeat of that team. And then something for everybody to do homework on him. And Jeff, maybe you, I've, I've read, I've read about this. I still don't necessarily understand this, but coach McGuire was asked about time of possession. And does that concern him? And he's really not concerned about time of possession, but then he brought up a stat or a, a saying that I'd, I'd never heard of. They talked about EPA. Have you ever heard about EPA in football? This is an analytics thing. Did you understand what he was talking about when he said that? Nope. Me neither. It's called expected points added. It's basically relative to where you start on the drive and that what you get on what you get point wise out. I mean, it's it's a whole complicated deal. I'll let y'all sounds like a really complicated way to say six. <laughs> But anyway, um, if you if you Google EPA football, there's a big long explanation in it. But they they know all about it, and they know based on kind of where they are, what kind of expo- the points they can expect to add, and then also based on what they where they give the ball up, and what maybe the other team can expect to add. But it's it's a bunch of math. But I, th- I thought that was I thought that was interesting because it's not one of those things you can just explain in a thirty second soundbite. Yeah, sounds like it. You know, it kind of goes. It's it's probably related to the analytics of you know when you go for it on fourth down and when you don't. Uh, somebody says this. Okay, EPA and McGuire talk is war in baseball. Let me make more sense to you. Wins against replacement. But the EPA is all about what you what kind of points you can expect to get based on where you start the ball and how you perform from that. Okay. So I don't know. I thought I thought that was interesting. Somebody asked this question. I do not know the answer to this question. How much work is the backup quarterback in practice getting this week? Is he ready to go if needed? Well, he's a freshman. He also got all the starts all the all the reps in last week's practice. So some of those have to carry over for this week. Sure. And then splitting it. I, I want to say they normally do it like 70 30 
if I remember correctly, is what he was talking about early in the season versus second team reps for the quarterback getting reps with the first team. But uh, assuming Barron's banged up like we think he is a little bit, they're probably going to limit him in practice, so 50-50. I mean... Well, he's certainly going to see more than what he's been seeing. But going for Jake, yeah, yeah, he got all the reps last week, so should be ready to go. Yeah. Uh, he, He talked about the Baylor defense. He said the defensive front, the first team is really, really good, so it's going to be you know, imperative for your offensive line to perform and block and protect uh, Baron Morton. And then he called Matt Jones one of the best linebackers in the conference. So that that hurts. You know, if he's if he's performing at a high level, then uh, you know your uh, your run game um, is going to get could get stymied. So you need to you need to, Taj Brooks needs to play like a. 225-pound running back, right? Yeah, you know, th- that one's an interesting one to me because have have you felt at any point this season that Taj is, you know, not finishing off runs? He's trying to dance too much? or I, I didn't. I mean... Have you felt that way at all? But, I mean, they you, brought that up. I know, and you sure have used it a lot since then. I, I don't... I've, I've never noticed Taj not finishing runs. Now, last week... I've not never noticed him going east-west instead of north-south. But last week he he said that he ran like a two hundred twenty five pound running back. Previous weeks he said he needs to run like a two hundred twenty five pound. I get, running back. I understand, I understand. But I I I have a tendency to to agree with you. I, I don't know that he's been as powerful as what I think a two hundred twenty five pound back should be running running straight forward. Like he's not hitting the hole at full speed. He's maybe he's not hitting the line where he needs to be hitting it at that. But I haven't felt like he's dancing around, just not getting where he needs to be. I, I think the hitting the line at full speed is, is an overblown comment for running backs because sometimes you need to let the blocking develop. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, you're dumb. If you just take the ball and you run a thousand miles an hour straight into the line of scrimmage, um, into the back of your offensive lineman, we've talked about him being patient in the backfield and letting the blocks develop. And I think that's what you're supposed to do. Sometimes you're right, Jeff, the hole is there, hit the hole. Okay. And hit it hard. Mm-hmm. But I mean, have we seen Taj getting hit and getting knocked backwards? Have we seen Taj, you know, have an opportunity to lower his shoulder and instead he, you know, cuts it outside? I, I don't see that. Okay. And so I, I'm, that's why I wonder why, I mean, and you've brought it up a few times since Coach McGuire said it as if you're agreeing with him. And I just have not seen that from Taj at all. I, just because the coaches say it doesn't mean you have to agree with it. Yeah, no, no, I don't, no, I understand that. I, I, because I, I feel like he's. I mean, again, I would tell you, like against a couple of games, I didn't feel like he got enough carries to be able to tell you that if you knew what he could do or not. Now, you know, in the second half of the of the one game where he got twenty two carries, obviously felt like he ran the ball pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I know? felt like he's done a good job with that all yeah. season long. Uh, somebody says this, when when you all see Brooks run, am I the only one that sees Le'Veon Bell? That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Bell, um, Bell might have been a little bit better as a pass catcher. catcher. Um, uh, uh, but Tech just, um, we haven't seen that much of it from Taj, let's just say that. Uh, this, Brooks has some really great vision, and I love his patience, yeah? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. 
Uh, Gary says this. How many times did it look like a three-yard loss that Brooks turned into a three-yard gain carrying players? And I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So, I don't know. Yeah, I just, I've never got that comment since Coach McGuire said it the first time. It's about him not running like he's a 225 or like he's, again, trying to spin too much or he's he's dancing and shimmy shaking instead of just lowering the shoulder. I mean, he looks like a guy that's lower in the shoulder. Even when he's getting tackled, he's, mm-hmm. he's falling forward. Mm-hmm. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.